I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is as creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right, Buck Swope. Buck Swope, who Doug really is not comfortable yeah. with Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business, for my money. Buck Swope? Buck Swope asked Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah. <laughs> I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is struck. I'm pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's going to have it. Why? I don't know. I just know he does. The wonderful Buck Swope. You know Buck Swope? Well, yeah. Seem to have kind of an issue with Buck Swope. Right. It always goes back to Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Mr. Buck T. Swope. What's up, kids? You're listening to Swope's Picks, episode 12, Doug's Hockeyisms. A little later, we'll be joined by Doug himself. But right now, let's flash back to May 2013. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. Get on with it, motherfucker. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. Yeah, a lot of people expect uh, you to kind of put things in perspective with a, a hockeyism during the playoffs. And quite frankly, Charlie and I are furious. He's lazy. Dude, you're so lazy. Yeah. You're just, you've mailed it in. You have no buy-in. You don't muck. Buy-in. You don't grind. I would just wrap it up this way. Browner beat Elsey with that first period Twine tingling twig tapper. Mm. And old down at the other end of the lake, Quixie survived a pregame assault on his nutsack and then stood on his other head for two stanzas. Then in the tertiary go around, old Bergsy deflected a rock with his slipper and now we're knotted, fellas. And then Jacker showing some rare saucy mitts got his first second season Gino. He did it with a rooster that went in the side door where the mailman leaves in such a hurry when Papa comes home early from work. We win them both here and let the Kings a crying. Now we'll go to L.A. and continue the buy-in. Dang. Love it. See, now you want to call that man lazy? No, see, that's what I wanted. But I wanted this all year long. That was good. That was playoff quality. I would have liked, I mean, it was great. If you could have worked to pin your ears back in there. Whoa. New Jersey Governor Chub Chub might be able to shut down a turnpike entranceway, but last night his devils were given a ride on the highway to hell. Steiner and Marzi... Gave the Blues the most dangerous lead in all of pucks, but there in that tertiary stanza, old Lappy found the garage door open and helped himself to a little twine tingler. Stack the pillows sweetly, Yarrow. Make the devils leave in sorrow. And in the words of Brendan Morrow, let's go get two more points tomorrow. Wow. That's a thing of beauty right there. You're forgiven. They do play tomorrow, don't they? I think they, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, uh, I think they play on, uh, Friday. Yeah, but again, who's keeping track? It doesn't matter. You had to rhyme. Yes, you had to rhyme. That's what it was about. And when you say tomorrow, I took it as in the future. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, ambiguously right. in the future. Thank you. You're fine. Uh, uh. And Doug, you said it first. Frank Haith is leaving. I had it yesterday. Wainwright is dealing. The Blues are winning, and Will Gear is bottoming. No, I didn't mention Will Gear until it was brought up yesterday. And we, I thought we uh, dissected that issue pretty, pretty convincingly and thoroughly. It was a topic that a lot of St. Louis had shied away from, from for too long, frankly. Will Gear is replacing Haith? No, no. <sharp inhale> Will Gear was uh, rather militant, apparently, in his behavior in the bedroom. And we brought that to light yesterday, some 30-some-odd years after he last appeared on the screen. Absolutely. 
This is what you miss when you leave this show. Yeah, you, you come back dazed and confused. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The cat, the cat knew we were going to talk about Grandpa Walton. Uh, but Grandpa Walton leads the Blues to victory last night, Doug, in a game that I've seen many calling one of the best Blues games of all time. Uh, either way, it was the longest Blues game, and it leads to an incredible 4-3 triple overtime winner. Hello again, everybody. Hi, I'm fine. Hi, Timmy. Welcome back, the cat. You know, in that initial stanza, old Millsy was fed a he was fed a diet of raspberries by the boisterous bluesers, bummed about his pillow stacking and his rivet snatching, but then rest of the way he was able to balance on his brain bucket and displayed a golden waffle board and a platinum paddle. And Schwartz he got the equalizer when he snuck into the side door where the mailman leaves in such a toot when Papa comes home early from work. Then in three OT Steiner beat Crosby with a buttery little basket bulger. Just when you thought they were dead in the ditch, the bootstraps get pulled and they flip on the switch. Nice. That was very good. Nice. You did a little hand gestures that those listening didn't get a chance to see, but it helped tell more of a vivid story. I think it did. And it made you seem more feminine. I like that. Whatever. The Blues, because Ryan Miller lets through a softie five minutes in, Lose it by a score of one nothing. Mm. Corey Crawford with 34 saves. The Blues outshot the Blackhawks 34-25, but lose one nothing. Crawford uh, was insanely good last night, and the uh, softy that Miller let up, I mean, right through the five hole, and you could see immediately anguish on his face. He knew no, that should no. never have found its way in. I thought some of the muckers might get mouthy and some of the grinders could get grouchy. Maybe one of the ditch diggers would finish his check on Bixie or Keither and give him ample opportunity to spit chicklets. Instead, revenge was left back at the warming hut and filed under Brooksy's name. Tavesy beat Millsy with a five-hole faux pas. Grozzy put on his big boy breezers and sealed all the cracks in his pickle barrel. Just because they lost doesn't mean they're going to fade. It only means now they can clinch at Scott Trade. Well done. Mm. And a little optimism at the end. I like Tried. that, though. I like that a lot. Sets up a pony show on Friday night. That's what it does. Yeah, it does. Downtown St. Louis should be a pony show. Yeah, yeah. Since Doug was at the game and I saw him at the game, I was wondering when we were going to get his poem, hockey poem. Oh, I think that's kind of a tired act. Oh, my God. I would disagree with you. Oh, I think it's one of the most popular things on the show next to me. Next to you. No, I think it's kind of a tired act. Really? Yeah. I, I think, I, I'll put that to the textures. I think they love that thing, and I'm being serious. Like the diaper crap? I mean, that stuff. A tired act. That was never really that great. No. But the hockey things? I'm in awe. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I'll I mean, the cat, back. aren't you in awe when he goes into one of those things? I just love look it. away. I don't think it's I don't want to jinx it. It's like, a, like a, you're in the, in the field while the pitcher has the no-hitter. I don't, I'm just telling you, the people love those things. No. All right. Well, sorry, Brandon. That's a no, though. Yeah, no, I get it. It's a no, but I disagree with the premise that people don't like it. Or it's a tire. Oh, I just thought it was the same stuff all the time. No, people love those things. Mm. I was wondering where they went. I didn't know you had made a conscious decision to. Uh... Well, kind of. It just seemed like kind of it was doing the same thing all the time. That's not what the listeners think. They love those mm. things. I'm just telling you. Right. Well, I'll try to think of someone and bring them back then. I'm uh, already getting a bunch of texts on it. I want a hockeyism. I love Doug's hockeyisms. They complete me. Love the poems. Are they poems? Would you describe them as poems? Sometimes it ends with a little poem. Yeah, it does. Yeah. A little rhyme, a riddle. Can't we uh, coach you with something to do one here? Uh, headphones? You want? No, I don't need headphones. 
uh, uh. you know, a game, a game like that in the morning after like this, you'd expect someone to break into prose, maybe to put it in context for us. Well, I guess the Sultan of the Two Pad Stack was there to drop the ceremonial pre skirmish saucer, and then his crab-handed successor filtered the lion's share of the flying yak pies out of the igloo in the turkey shoot. Osher and Shaddy visited the red light district. The whole team actually shined. They were happy to be back at work. Me, not so much. I'm just here so I don't get fined. You are the best in the That's business. That's all I got. No, sums it up nicely. And then it was right. pulled from today's headlines yeah, it was. with uh, the wonderful Marshawn Lynch, who's well, going to join us at uh, 8.30. He's going to be here in studio. No, actually, it's Gabe. Gabe will be here. Why don't we ask Gabe to play the role of Marshawn Lynch? We shall. And that way it's right. quicker. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing against Gabe. I love right. him, but... Uh, uh. Well, our crab-handed rivet snatcher stood on his head so much his skull flattened out. Old Elsie stopped some glorious lightning strikes from the ladies' tees with his two-pad stacks and his waffle board wax. Late in the tertiary stanza, old Terzy went bar diddly. And then Schwartzy was the pawn that scored the checkmate when he took out the bishop. It's becoming a fad for teams to bring their dads, and Tampa had their pop on this stop. But when you lose like that, it makes you feel crappy, and none of their pappies left happy. That'll do it. Frank's up next. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, you got deep. Well, I was concerned about their pappies. They would have liked to have seen a Tampa win. It doesn't always happen for them, does it? So you're rooting for Tampa? I wasn't. Their, I was just, their pappies uh, just sorry to see their dads have to leave with their daubers down. That's all. Uh, uh. Yeah, well, here we go. Well, old... Osher was optimistic on that opener, sliding the orb in the onion bag. And if you're yasking who got the second, that was Dimitri. We put six tokens in the Tampa turnstile and gave old Bisher a ride on the pine pony. To lose that game would have been terrible, but we held on. Bang, gerbil. Bam, gerbil. I got to say that uh, we need to just be quiet for a minute and just let it sink right. in that you you're the best. Analyze it. You want to analyze best. it. Well, my dad, my dad actually needs to be a lot of analyzing. No, we got to let it sink in. For you to to do a callback and to seamlessly weave it into your prose and rhyme it. Right. It's not easy to go with gerbil. The only other word really is herbal, but I couldn't come up with anything there. I'm letting it sink in all over my body. Uh Uh, Blues lose uh, last night, uh, four to one. Um, Doug, your analysis? Well, <laughs> well, he left the barn door open, and the star's mule kicked three cow pies up into the hayloft. Alzi tried to save the farm, but another varmint got into the chicken coop. Benny had a sick, quick trick. Bergsy tossed a Swedish meatball into the crock pot, but by then, too late, we were done. The horse had left the barn at four to one. That'll do it. All right. Frank's up next. Uh, uh. Well, our sodbusters have harvested an awful lot of points out of that soil at the Scotty, but now that old bull weevil's munching on the cash crop. Our snipers can't find the vermin without a coon dog. Rear guards rely on the coyote safe haven at the chicken coop, and we got a pillow stacker who can't keep the cow pies out of the hayloft. That's three out of four we've lost at home, and reason for alarm. We don't score and pay some bills. Hitch might lose the farm. There it is, Jennings. You did coon dog, didn't you? I tried to work it in. Uh, uh. Well, that old three-gold pad is a <laughs> dangerous cushion in all of Yankee flatball and the 
Peggers were able to come from behind and get the blues a squealing on all fours. Until our grizzled rear guard flipped a wounded duck into the top shelf where Mama hides a peanut butter, he did this from halfway across the continent. A goal like that, and it's only fair to mention that just like Roman Turek, Pavsy can't pay attention. We win 5-4 and made the winnies weep. Things like that'll happen when your stacker falls asleep. Very well done. That's all I got. Good job, buddy. Very good. Uh, uh. Well, flyers were able to unleash their payload of 28 incendiary ice-to-igloo burning biscuit bombs, but old Elsie picked them up on radar and was able to detonate the deadly droppings. Osher's a mayor of Dangle City. Dipsy Doodle, how do you do? I'm fine, thanks. Terzy went nine of hearts. Howdy doody. Way to shooty. 700 wins for Hitch, but he's not one to brag. Everybody loves the blues and the Michigan rag. Love it. That's one of your best ones ever. Uh, uh. Well, uh, fast start's always nice up in Banff. And they got that when Steiner went top shelf. He nearly had the hattie, but he whiffed. But wasn't angry later or even miffed. No, sir, not Mr. Goalie. Furzy or even Cujo can say they stacked the pillows quite this well. 21 career no-nos now for Elsie. That's worth the hearty ringing of the bell. Uh, uh. Well, old Otter got her going. When he put uh, Adzi on his dance card and they did the haymaker high step. Then the former pennies came back to bite the beaks that once Robin fed them. Sportsy put one up in the attic where Grandpa hid his art films and then got you with a feathery little, saucy little twine thing with a beat flurzy. And then Steiner deflected Mackie's clapper. And it's time to turn in the room keys and end this sojourn and go back to Bunkhouse Blue. We win 3-2 in overtime and once again proved to all the two-goal lead is the most dangerous pad in the game of Yankee flatball. We'll do it. Frank's up next. Mm -hmm. And that comes to you naturally. People say, well, does he's he write it down. He doesn't write it down. He, he does not write it down. And you could see, like, as he's going, he's like, he's getting input from the cosmos. Well, I don't always see the entire game. Well, so you only better. run, you run like a 12-second clip. Right. So it's better just to kind of talk in uh, general terms. Not screwed up Oh, it's beautiful. Bad. That was poetry right there, brother. Yeah. I do enjoy Yankee flatball. Uh, uh. I, would, I would just say this. The blues... Daubers were lowered in a snake on snowshoes until Reevesy's one-timer clapper avoided Dubsy's trapper. And then Terzy used his twig to tip in a nice little twine tingler. And later he would go nuclear nine hearts howdy duty on the cold turkey with a little extra dipsy in his doodle. Soon as there was a crack in the mini barn roof, it began to rain blue biscuits into the hayloft. Backer found a quarter under the carpet and slipped that into the five-hole slot. Stazer had a snazzy little string stretcher. Before you know it, the trail boss is telling Dubsy to find a saddle on the pine pony for the rest of the trail ride. Well, and then I would say this, Tim. More than three years with a road playoff win is a long time to go for sure, but we win 6-1. Even the series, and it makes me want to purr. I'm not going to be much good to you after that Why? day. Well, not after that day, I'm not. It's an awful day. I feel like uh, I'm Charlie Brown and the Blues are, are Lucy. 
with the football. Yeah. So every year I'm like, it's going to be different. I said a million times, I think this team is better suited to make mm. a run in the playoffs. And it's the same stuff. I know. Well, the old S.S. Stillman was already taking on water when the Blue Sailors set out to try to save the season on a frozen St. Paul pond. But as he left open the side hatch door and also his five-hole port of entry, mm. Captain Hitch sent out an SOS to Elsie, but by then we were already hip-deep in wastewater. There were holes in the bailing buckets, and Dubsy took the air out of the life rafts. Eliminated again, the disappointment is gigantic. But it's the same with every cruise on the blue ship Titanic. Nice. Best one ever. Yeah. Nice. It's hard to purr after that performance. Well, Tim, the old blue barn was bloated with bluesers for the curtain raiser, for the lid lifter, the seal breaker. And they saw Petro send a housewarming present to Terzi in the form of a little gift certificate for a cold turkey breakaway, which he redeemed five hole for a string stretcher. The fuzzy-cheeked Fabry made his first foray into the red light district, and Browsy helped himself to an open-netted sip from the scoring spigot. It's a very nice start, and I see no reason why our puckmen can't complete an undefeated season. Uh, uh. Well, you get here around harvest time, and you'd like to like to see your blue farmers lace up the steel-toed work boots and the rugged coveralls and climb up on the combine and put some hay in the barn and some corn in the silo. Instead, our sodbusters moseying on down to the VFW hall in their best seed hats and flannel shirts and their Sunday go-to-meeting britches, and they square-danced with the fillies and the daisy dukes. And while we were boot-scooting and hitting the rot gut, the visitors came in and stole the cow's milk. They were already up 2 nothing when Lucy went all UPS and delivered a package in the front door of the farmhouse when there was no one home. We flung a lot of cow pies with the pitchfork at Enzi but couldn't get anything in the feed trough. Sure, we got a lot of fellers hurt, and that's definitely a factor, but the crop won't pick itself. we got to get back up on the tractor. Nice. Nice. Tony, your thoughts? Amazing. Amazing. You got to witness that in person. What do you mm. think? I couldn't hear him. <laughs> well, Hitch, the old trail boss, led a group of weary settlers northbound into the Illinois Territory. They took the seldom-used Milwaukee Trail. Shortly into the sojourn, they were encountered by Chief Quinville's hostile hunting party. Elsie tried to knock down the flaming arrows, but four of them got into his Conestoga wagon. Another one found its way through the spokes of Alzi's wagon wheel. Elsie and Otter left with battlefield bruises, and just when it looked the bleakest, would you smell what's cooking in the chuck wagon? That's bacon, boys, cancer-causing, high-processed, processed meat. Mm-hmm. And the Blues use that to come back and score four straight and raise the Blue Note victory flag in the land of the ever-rising homicide rate. In a game that appeared to be God-forsaken, they win 6-5, roar bacon. There it is. I'll do it. Thank you, Frank. Good night. Boy, that was really... I mean, you touched on everything, even their travels. And the Roar Bacon. Well, you try. I guess Roar Bacon's big for 24 hours. I don't know. I have a feeling it'll have staying power. You do? When they they hoist Laze Chalice. Everyone will be screaming Roar Bacon. Yep. June 6th, I think, is when the chalice... I guess I kind of like it. It's different. Roar Bacon. Yeah. For those uh, not familiar, Doug, tell the listeners what Roar Bacon is all about. Well, apparently the Blues Twitter feed 
wrote something about the blues, tried to write the blues roar back, and it autocorrected to the blues roar bacon. And people read that and liked it and sent it all around the Twitterverse. And that's the kind of thing that uh, you look back on, you go, that was a turning point. Well, I don't know that it'll be the turning point. Well, you don't know anything about hockey. Well, no, n- no disrespect. I mean, that was a great hockeyism that you just well, uh, dropped on us. But if you know anything, every season there's usually something with social media that becomes uh, mm-hmm. the most important thing. Well, they got a lot of hockey still to play. I don't know that Roar Bacon can last like through two another weeks left in the 65 games. Nope. No, there's more than that. Uh, uh. Old nice. returned to his former frozen sheet of Jersey where he grew up spitting chiclets and he made his blues curtain raiser singing some sweet music with some second stanza string stretcher. Magnus P.I. conducted an investigation and unearthed a third period yarn yanker. Alzi stood on his head and stacked his pillows sweetly and used his paddle to swat away any ill-intentioned biscuits. Got a lot of guys in sick bay still, that much we know. But it's another shutout win that makes two in a row. That's pretty good. Know. And something in the final minutes that's worthwhile outside of the emails, which are coming up. Well done, I, sir. I guess. Uh, uh. Well, the old blues bench bartender decided to mix up his cocktails, and when the swizzle stick stopped to swirling, he'd produced a first line potent potable of. Terzi, Steiner, and Backer, and they produced a toxic three-goal liver stunner that made it unsafe for the Jets to fly. Shaddy went non-alcoholic and had a couple of apples, and Alzi limited Winnie to a couple of light beer. 3-2 win on the Scott Trade rink. Every now and then, it's nice to try a different drink. All right. I was able to watch a little of the game. Well, good for you. It's a a real treat if you get Mm -hmm. to watch the local team playing. I did miss the WWE. Uh, uh. Well, the beleaguered Blue Note led but briefly when Bolsey couldn't bottle up Shaddy's biscuit borer. Elsie came out of dry dock to take a shift stacking pillows between the Schedule 40 Black Iron, but Golsey's hard wrister trickled through his trapper and into his safe zone. Sodzi went O'Brien Boitano with a slick spinorama backhander into the upper corner where the toothless Hoosiers roost. Letsy suffered dearly, took a pair of twigs to the apron, and left spitting crimson and chiclets. Points are precious. We get none. We lose to Columbus 3-1. to one. You hate to lose to the Jackets. They're coached by a miserable fella, the most hated man in hockey, John Tortorella. That'll do it. Oh, sorry. There it is. Torts always has a, a smirk on his face. Buh, Torts. He's a miserable guy. There aren't many miserable guys in hockey. He's one. He must be a heck of a coach because he doesn't seem to... Uh... For anyone to hire him after what he's done, after some of his charades, his well, anger... Don't say charades. Charades, his you anger. Would, if, Tim, if Tim said charades, you would say don't say charades. Yeah, I think that's probably He true. wanted to fight the whole Calgary team at one point. Remember that? It doesn't even matter. Even if the call went his way, he has a smirk. Always mad, always angry. Everybody's an idiot but him. That's why you hate to lose to Columbus more than anything else. Uh, uh. Well, Osher's out of office as a mayor of Dangle City. Steiner scored the winner when he netted one nice and pretty. Um, 
The um is not a thing yeah, that usually. I have, yeah. I, hey, no really, pressure. I was not. I was, There's no pressure. I didn't see much yeah, of the game. Yeah, and you know what? You didn't have to do one. No. I was just trying to transition off ISIS. Oh, well, you looked at me like. Uh, no, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't Doug, think you had to naturally. do the hockey. It, it doesn't naturally. Come it doesn't naturally. come. Seymour. No, no. I was I trying. If you could text him, something's wrong with Doug. I was, Get him off the show. I was trying to transition. I was worried about ISIS. Yeah, it was ISIS talk, and I'm like, hey, Blues win. I guess I could have done a live read, but then Cat. He broke in with the Adrian's Med, which I felt was a natural segue. So then we could we could move on to hockey. But don't feel the need to do a hockey. Yet. Oh no, I won't. Uh, uh, I'm not going to be much good to you today. I Why? didn't see a minute of the game. I was on my way back from Columbia. Well, you missed a, a goal by Fabry, the game winner. It was sort of a leg goal. It was like a plinko goal. It went off yeah. every single person's body part. Well, that I don't still even counts. know that Fabry had, had noticed that he had scored the goal. I don't know. You're looking at me. I didn't see it. Well, I'll tell you what then. Fabbers with the goal that bounced off the knee and into the net, so don't fret. And <laughs> Troy Brower didn't cower because he also brought the power. had a tally, and the Blues rallied for a 2-1 victory against the Sabres, and it wasn't hard labor. <laughs> See, I like that. How about that? Oh, that's what you're going to do it from now on. How about that? That was right the off job the cuff. Is, the job that is was, yours. That was just right off the cuff. Yes, it was. awful. That job is yours. That wasn't awful. For it the wasn't first time. It was fine. For you the first time, it. that was like a, a passing grade. Yes, it was. Hold on. I, I appreciate the effort, but the way Doug. I just looked at the box score. But the way Doug. Cow, well, yeah, you, you referenced two goals, no offense, and you rhyme Cower and uh, Brower. Doug usually brings a. He, he takes a, a whole. Uh, scenario and then works off that one scenario. Yeah. Like I said, it was it was the first one. I enjoyed it, Chuck. Thank you. you I should have. You put... didn't really enjoy. It. You just don't want to do them anymore, yeah, and you want much... Charlie to do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. People love when you do them, and yeah. we get it. Look, you can't watch every game. You were down there uh, at Mizzou, right. so you were doing your journalism. Yes. Yeah, sure. Next time you'll be able to watch the game, you'll be able to spit out a, a hot take hockeyism. And we're going to spend most of the three hours on the Timberwolves. But why don't we talk about the St. Louis Blues? David Backus in overtime gives the Blues a 1-0 series lead Mm -hmm. with a (laughs) 1-0 victory. Wasn't that funny? Well said, Tim. Thank you very much. Well, the the, old blue barn was bloated with bluesers for the lid lifter. And they saw old Kid Ells buckle up his... Stacking pillows, and he reached for his paddleboard and his crab-handed oven mitt, and he snatched hot rivets, and he stood on his head, and he whistled a theme song to the Andy Griffith Show, and then he raised his paddleboard high in the air and yelled, there ain't a hawk in this barn who can take this shot out from me. Backer was the only blade runner who sipped sweet cider from the scoring spigot. We win the opener, and the locker room was loose, thanks to 35 thwarts from the tender known as Moose. What was the Andy Griffith thing about it? I, get... mm, I can't whistle. You know He's like a whistler. You don't know the Andy Griffith theme song? No, what did it have to do with anything? It, nothing. Just oh. all I could think of at the time. But it worked. All right. It did work. Hey, you know, the back Doug is... brought the hockeyisms back for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and Doug, that means you have that for two more months, Jack, yeah. because the parade down market takes place in 53 days. <laughs> yeah, and I may be out of town for that. i got to go to that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be just be very that? We'll set you in. up on the Jerry Andolph Jr. Skype. In. Uh, the ultimate kick in the pants. Uh, uh, I would say more than that. I'd say old President Stillman 
commissioned General Hitchcock to take a Blue Cavalry Regiment up north into Blackhawk territory and put down an uprising. Chief Q was not interested in puffing on the peace pipe of surrender. Elsie kept all but two of the flaming arrows out of the Conestogas. Pearsey and Bergsey and Schwartzy wheeled out the Winchester and weakened their wigwams and wheeled away their wampum. Caner got his hatchet up in Petro's face. Blue stayed on their boots with a good wide base. Plowhawk warns that the series isn't done. But we won the battle yesterday, and we lead it 2-1. to one. You're great. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know about that. 44 saves for uh, Elliot. I know. It. Boy, he's been fantastic. They fa- he Just faced 24 fantastic. shots in that second 24 period. shots in one period. Yeah. Holy moly cockatoli. Great, great hockey, too. Up and down. Two great teams playing at the top of their levels. Really fun to watch. Uh, uh. Well, we beat them once. We beat them twice. We beat them thrice. That's awfully nice. These zebras look like four blind mice. I wish Andrew Shaw would contract head lice as a gay slur cranial punishment device. Crawford needs a puck up the orifice. Els will stand on his head and sing Edelweiss and offer the Hawks one last bit of advice. Bring your golf clubs, boys. Start working on your slice. It all ends tomorrow on Scott Trade Ice. Wow. Pretty good. Can you say orifice? You just did, and you did it well. I've already got the call from Thompson Coburn. I'm hearing that sound again that we heard yesterday. I'm, I'm just... As Panger said, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I think it's that mic again, too. Let's just muddle through. You know, I mean, we're professionals. Absolutely. Well, and muddling. it's game time, boys. All right. Well, I thought our blue palookas had the champ dangling on the ropes like a jelly-legged tomato can, but Quarterman Q refused to throw in the towel. Any club fighter has a puncher's chance, and Kaner landed a fist of disappointment square to the Blues' loin sack. We're headed back north for a game Saturday. We've won there twice. Why not make it three? Then Hitch could stand and scream with glee. Hey, Chicago's my town, see? My God. Love it. I thought you were going to say the plane's at three because that's how he... He, uh, during his press conference. So I probably should have worked wow. it in. What was the I message mean, that was he said? Brilliant, and now you're going to be three. critical of it. Wow. No, no. Wow. It was brilliant, but mm-hmm. when he started to do the rhyme scheme, yeah. I was thinking the final line was going to be Plainly, no. the planes at three. I could have. That's all I'm saying. I could have. I had no problem with it. All right, thank you. It was very, very well done. Uh, uh. Doug, hmm. Blues, three, Blackhawks, two. Mm-hmm. They advance. Do you have any thoughts? Oh, well, old... Well, Bosey had the first glorious scoring opportunity. His heavy clapper was tipped by the twig of Letzi and got past their crab-handed pillow stacker's pincer. Colt 45 fired a round of buckshot into the pickle barrel, but we hit that tertiary stands in an old-fashioned Mexican standoff with an unsigned treaty. Then Browsey slipped past the border rear guards undetected, set up shop at the ladies' tees, He'd planned a surprise nine of hearts howdy duty, but had to play whack-a-mole for the game-winning basket bolter. The Hawks tried to construct a stairway to survival, but Brooksy's finishing nail bounced off both newel posts. The champs go down in seven, and now it's on to Dallas. This is even better than getting Gritchick for Freeze and Salas. Wow. Fernando Salas reset. I couldn't have predicted predicted a Fernando Salas reset, but to me that makes it even more magical. Boys, you were there. The building 
It was coming out of the... Forget it. The building was loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was among the best sporting events I've been to in a long time. Uh, uh. Well, the way I see it, the old Stillman Construction Company is trying to build a shrine to Lord Stanley's drinking goblet, and they commissioned Foreman Hitch to call down to the union office and request 20-day laborers to put on their overalls and their steel-toed work boots and grab a lunch pail and head on down to the Dallas Ice Factory. Bergsy nailed down a Gino. Edsy painted a crooked number, and Browsy ran a plumbing line through Letsy's five-hole. But even after a full day on the job site, mandatory overtime was required until Backer could run an electrical line to the red light behind Nimsy's igloo. Damn that two-goal lead, it almost got us again. But we take it 4-3. It's a very nice overtime win. Nice. Pretty good. Nice. Otherwise, I'm not going to be much good to you, Tim. Why is that Sports Sunday was on around 3 this morning? Yes. Yeah, this lady journalism, she never sleeps. Uh, uh. The Blues with a chance to go up 3-1, but instead they lose in overtime last night, gentlemen. Well, that's right. You know, in that old initial stanza, old Vladdy shunned traditional Mexican fare, dined instead on cold turkey to celebrate Tarasenko de Mayo. We had other glorious opportunities. But old Letsy stood on his head and spit wooden nickels. And then Edsy coughed up a rubber fur ball, and Foxy buried it in Moose's backyard. We couldn't settle our differences without additional puckage, and then Iki wrapped her up when he went top shelf where Mama hides a peanut butter. Was a 3-1 lead we were seeking. Now the boat's kind of leaking. Some of the fans are freaking because of that goal by Cody Eakin. Very well done. Uh, uh. Well, Timmy, even an old ranch hand could tell shortly after they left the bunkhouse that our snipers hadn't laced up their steel slippers, the rear guards weren't pinching, and the grinders had no buy-in, and the stacker fell asleep on his pillows. Before the cock crowed, we were down three-knot in our own barn. Elsie was sent out to the woodshed, and Jaker came down off the hayloft to tend the twine. Oh, but then Steiner put one in the side door where the mailman leaves in such a toot when Papa comes home from work. And then Bergsy slid a Swedish meatball under the floorboards where Uncle Harley buried that drifter fella. Ah, but then Letsy stone Schwartzy with 20 ticks left. Now we got to win game seven in order to keep it real. Back we go to Dallas. How about that whole deal? Huh? Nice. Well done, sir. Mm-hmm. I like the floorboards one. Just just a little recap is all it is, Chuck. I think you uh, painted a nice picture there. Uh, uh. We are locked and loaded as the Blues advance to the Western Conference Finals by shipping mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars in impressive fashion. Well, old Kari in had a very lenient open-door policy. It's like he was saving hot cross buns for his bread box. Fabsy flipped one in, a backhander from the ladies' tees, and then Stazzer... Snuck one in from the side door. Bergie and then Backer with sinister twisted wristers. Tape to tape, tic-tac-toe, how you doing, Browsy? And Vladdy warmed his saucy mitts in an open igloo. Moose stood on his antlers and stopped biscuits with his hooves. A game 7-6-1 route ought to make the stars shut up. Two more series wins, and we're dancing with the cup. Oh, my word. That is... Well, it's poetry is what that is. Well, it was a nice win, though. Sure was. It's a nice win. Doug, there wasn't even a sweat. Really wasn't. Uh, uh. The Blues win game one of the Western Conference Finals 
2-1 over the San Jose Sharks, Doug. Well, that was a good game. Old, old, <laughs> looking at me. old Bergy tried to use his popo in front of Jojo, and the Sharks said, uh-oh. Zebra said, no go, so we're back to oo. Then Shaddy let fly a slapper that was high, wide, and handsome, and Backer got a twig tapper for the twine dingler. Letsy found a loose nugget in the neutral. Jonesy couldn't handle his slapper with his crab-handed trapper. Thornsey proved to backer there's nothing fake about his beard, and the Blues in turn proved they're a team that should be feared. We win the opener at home by a score of 2-1. to one. Three more Blue Ws, and the series will be done. Yeah. Think about it. It's been a lot of fun. Think could have about used it. that. Yeah, a, could have used that. Yeah. Uh, uh. We expect you to want to get involved, to vent, and uh, the text inbox is the popular way to do so, although I have noticed over uh, the years that with losses, sometimes people want to call in and give... Uh, get it off their chest a little quicker. Hot, hot takes. Uh, Doug, uh, do you have a hot take? Well, well, we didn't have resilience. We didn't have the buy-in. We didn't have the want to. Our energy was dying. Our snipers didn't snipe. They're off size, got no call. Our PK ineffective. Our tender built no wall. Burnsy burned us twice. Can't have that. No way. There'll have to be some bootstrap pulling for the next two in San Jose. Nice take. That's my little take. One, Pretty good, one, though. a lot of take. Just a little something. And it rhymed, which I like. Yeah, rhyming's important. There wasn't a lot to see in that game that got me too inspired, so perhaps I'm not going to be much good to you today. Uh, uh. The focal point of the program today, the Blues loss in Game 5. Uh, they came home with a series tied at 2 in 2013 and lost in Game 5. They came home with a series tied at 2 in 2014 and lost in Game 5. The Blackhawks, they came home with a series tied at 2 in 2015 with the Wild. They How'd lost they that. And they came home with a series tied at 2 in 2016 against the Sharks, and they lost that. And in between there, they lost a series, uh, Game 5, against the Blackhawks well. about a month ago when they were up 3-1. to one. Game 5s in the Blues, brutal. Well, Timmy, our snipers came out with significant playoff jump. They were mucking in the dirty areas and playing heavy. They had packed their lunch pail. Schwartzy put a carom past Jonesy. Fabsy with a glorious clapper. Browsy hit a letter-high knuckler into the bullpen. But the shark nibbled away at our buy-in, our want-to, and our ice moxie. They chomped on our resiliency, and they chewed up our guile and our grit. Hello, Vladdy, where are you? It's like you're caged up in a zoo. Your goals have been way too few, and now we trail it three to two, scoring something you got to do or we lose, and that's it for the loo. Wow, it's really good and sad at the same time. It's a sad tale today. I couldn't be any sorrier for that. Uh, uh. Doug, the Blues open up the season with a fine victory in Chicago. Your final score, 5-2. to two. Well, the old S.S. <laughs> Stillman sets sail on its maiden voyage. And the ice dancers laced on the steel slippers for the initial performance. The season debut, the curtain raiser, the lid lifter, the can opener, the seal breaker. Terzi had a couple of tallies, one of them top shelf where Mama hides a peanut butter. Shaddy had a basket bulger. Stazzer had a twine tingler. Let's give Upsy credit for the 
Blackhawks having a misguided swing of the tomahawk that scalped themselves and allowed a cow pie to trickle into their own teepee. First of 82, we win it handily, so Hitch could raise a glass and say, Chicago's my town, see? Edward G. Robinson. Well done. Uh, uh. Busy night. Busy, busy. Busy night. Why? What were you doing that was so busy? I went to the Blues game. Blues hockey. Blues and Laze Flame. Matthew Kachuk out there on the Scott Trade Center ice. The ice he's been patrolling for years. Well, this time as a member of the Calgary Flames. All right. Kid L's. Back between the pipes. Brower back, too. Brower back as well. Doug, I don't know how you saw it. Well. Well, old Browsy and Elsie and Wisey came back to the old barn where they used to bring their bay and pitch the hay and collect their pay for the blue note, eh? Moose was working on a clean sheet, guarding the chicken coop for the flaming seas until the blues had a two-man PP and Chat Deuces put one top shelf where Mama hides a peanut butter. Hattie faced a barrage of flying cow pies. Three of them got past his waffle board. Then he took a ride on the pine pony. Another one plopped into the trough. Not a great effort, probably less than ordinary. We lose it 4-1 to the Flames of Calgary. That's Just kind of faded at the end. You know. That's your final. Well, it was so kind this of is a, the show, huh? It was kind of a poor performance. No, Doug. No, it's not true. Alexander well, it was, said the boys weren't in there good. mentally. Yeah, they just didn't, just didn't have it. Uh, uh. And then the Blues, uh, Doug, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a good game. Spirit win. The spread was five and a half, so. Well. Reed Lowe will be with us at nine o'clock. Well, they ventured into the garden looking to pick a couple of plump points and instead harvested nothing but rotten tomatoes. Jaker tried to protect the crop from a swarm of hungry varmints, but they penetrated his paddle and they trespassed his trapper. They bypassed his brain bucket and they wiggled through the waffle board. Huddy tried to play scarecrow, but the flying monkeys got him too. We lose it 5 nothing. I don't doubt that they're trying, but we got to have more want-to, and we got to have more buy-in. It's very well done. And I admire the fact that instead of going Big Apple and doing some sort of uh, analogy with uh, the apple, yeah. you went tomato. Yeah, garden. Because you, you see things your own way. Yeah, Madison's I appreciate it. I'm giving you a ring on that. All right. Uh, uh. The Blues have a wonderful weekend in which they pick up <laughs> all four points that were out on the table. They now belong to the St. Louis Blues. Well, well, we staggered home from a long and dusty trail ride from Texas, a little weak and weary. But our ranch hands buckle up the spurs and the riding shafts and set about mending the fences and putting some hay back in the barn. Old Fabsy and Letsy and Schwartzy and Upsy and Pearsy all plop pellets in the pickle barrel. For a while, the lack of goal scoring confirmed our worst hunches. Even worse, we were giving up goals in bunches, but that's been fixed now. We've won two in a row, and we'll try to make it three against Chicago. Wednesday nights are for rivalries. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you say it like that? Say it loud the, and proud. That's, that's the promo. Uh, uh. Well, a wise young puck prognosticator from this very presentation Warned us on many occasions from the highest mountaintop he would stand, in this case one of the Cahokia Mounds, and lecture us on the evils of the two-goal lead, the most dangerous bulge in all of biscuit blasting. 
But our ice hounds failed to learn their lesson, had their noses rubbed in excrement in their own doghouse. Additional puckage was required to settle the differences. Vladdy got a nifty helper from his saucy minted Letsy. Terzy tingled twine for goal number 10. Despite our late game gaffe, it goes as a 4-3 win. That's all I have. What's wrong with that? That way, I don't know. It was fine. Okay. Uh, uh. Blues were up uh, three nothing. Just got just slightly got away from just a. Just and a, what makes you say that? Just a touch. Six in a row. Any backwoods Tennessee Smoky Mountain moonshiner will tell you that the three goal lead is the most dangerous advantage in all of Yankee flatball. And when Huntsy fired that pellet into the pickle barrel, we did some premature boot scooting. Jaker couldn't keep the varmints out of the hen house. Mr. Underwood soared to the top of the charts with a couple of toe-tapping tallies. We lose at 6-3, but on the road, no more. Another rocky sojourn. We lost three out of four. Mm. Uh, uh. The Blues got themselves two points uh, last night. Yeah. Five unanswered. How do you do? That's how you respond to giving six up six unanswered. You go five unanswered yourself. And then That's I how guess you do. have four unanswered against the uh, hockey hockey tomorrow. I didn't see any of the game. <laughs> but I can tell you this. This uh, Devil's Club... <laughs> They're not going to win any hardware, but they'll upset some apple carts. So we had to grab our steel-toed work boots and our hard hat and uh, pack a lunch pail and play a full 60 minutes. I mean, you build your team from the net out, and you play for the guy next to you. Look around the room. You play for the name on the front of the sweater, not for the name on the back, and the sweater doesn't touch the floor. we got to go tape to tape. Uh, rear guard's got to step up at the blue line. And let don't get chippy and don't try to do too much. Short shifts. Play it shift by shift. If we're going to change lines, Hitch is behind the bench. Still, he signs the paychecks. Nice. Well, what about buy-in? What about going to the hard area? You need buy-in. You need some moxie and guile. you got to go to the hard area. Uh, I believe it was Terzi and, and Letzi and Yoxie and Petsy and Bergsy all created traffic in front. We fell behind early. But despite the bad start, we didn't let the Devils upset our apple cart. Nice. God, you brought that home. Boy, you're really good. Because I kind of thought at one point we were adrift. And then the next thing I know, we're, we're safe at harbor? <laughs> I was reminded port, of, safe at port, of that yeah. old Gus Kyle <laughs> line <enough>. yesterday. <laughs> he used to say, well, they're not going to win anything, but they will upset some apple carts. I like that line. I do, too. Except... It's kind, of old, it's kind of the radio station's mantra. How old school is that when you talk about knocking over somebody's apple cart? <laughs> When's the last time someone had an apple cart? A depression era? Maybe, maybe at a farmer's market. 2006. Because <laughs> uh, uh. the Blues lose again. And despite having a lead late, uh, they lose to the Oilers last night. Doug, I've got them picking up a point, mm-hmm. but I've got the oil shipping two points. Yeah. You had that. That's what I have in my notes. Good work. Well, Doug, I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. Well, not really. The old Brodsey sprinkled <laughs> some Christmas cheer among the Yuletide Bluesers with a string stretching wrister. Vladdy dropped off a gift certificate in the side door where the mailman leaves in such a toot when Papa comes home early from work. Maroonsy warbled, I'll be home for Christmas with a little twig tapper that got past Hudsey's crab-handed oven mitt. And then McDaisy played Santa's helper to... Nugsy Hopsy, and that knocked the tinsel off the Tannenbaum. Such a sudden Christmas loss left us all in a fog. The Oilers got two points. 
and they drank all our nog. There's your game, Ramp. You're great. I like the way you you wove in the whole holiday feel. And I, I, if I could feel good about a Blues loss, even though they did get a point mm-hmm. according to Tim's metrics, uh, that made me feel good, Doug. Thank you. You're welcome for that. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan, 1057HD2FM, and InsideSTL.com. We're pleased now to be joined by Doug Vaughn. Doug, what's up? Oh, not much. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. So we're talking your hockeyisms. Uh, now, you're obviously a huge Blues fan. Uh, how mm-hmm. did kind of your, the origins of your fandom begin? Oh, I was a little kid when the Blues uh, were an expansion team in uh, 67. And so, uh, like everybody else in St. Louis, I didn't have a clue about hockey. I didn't really even know the rules. But once you started watching it, uh, you couldn't help but be hooked by it. So, uh, and the Blues were really good back there in the early days. They had some veteran players that they had taken in the expansion draft that were some of the best older players in the league. And so they were uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals the first three years, and that got that got me and a lot of other people in St. Louis just hooked immediately on it, and pretty much have been ever since. Going way back to the the Glen Hall days and. Jacques Plante and Goal and Red Berenson and Al Arbor and that whole crew. Guys, we had no idea, really, at least I didn't, just how good those guys were. But, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the early Blues players uh, are in the Hall of Fame at this point. We didn't know we were getting Hall of Famers when they had the expansion draft. But it it turned out that a lot of those uh, early picks that they had were some of the premier players in in league history. So you came to start working with Tim on the radio in 2007. How soon do you remember when did the hockeyism start? Like I've seen uh, references to hockeyisms going back around 2009 or so, so it's been going on for a while. Yeah, I don't, I couldn't give you a date or even why I did it. it just seemed like something stupid to be doing. Uh, 2009, that that seems about right. I, it's not something really that I planned. It's just something that came up one day. I've always liked uh, some of the special terms that uh, hockey players use and the, the coaches and the writers, how they use different terms sometimes in hockey than, than they use in other sports. I always got kind of a kick out of that. And I guess one day I just kind of put that together in a in a whole paragraph to describe a blues game, and people seemed to get a kick out of it, so I just kept doing it. Yeah, it sounds a lot like my show. It's not really something I planned. I'm not really sure why I no. do it. It's just something that kind of happened. Yeah. So... <laughs> It seems like you were doing them for a while, and it I mean, it's its clearly, you you don't necessarily put a ton of time into it, but you clearly, there's a craft to it, and it it takes some effort, uh, or at least some brain power, and it seems like, you know, Charlie would kind of bust your balls on maybe, oh, you should have done this, or you sh-, and you at one point just kind of got fed up and said, okay, Charlie, you, if you want to do it, you, why don't you do it, and then you just kind of stopped doing them for a while. Um but then it seems like you brought him back for the playoffs. Can you talk about, uh, do you get a lot of people that come up to you and ask you to do it? Or was it more of just, you know, Tim said, hey, Doug, you need to you need to bring back the hockeyisms or what happened there? No, there's almost no discussion about any of it. <laughs> Nobody, I hardly ever hear anybody say, yeah, that's neat. Do that more. Or, boy, that's stupid. Stop doing that. I don't hear much of anything about it in any way. Tim never says anything one way or the other. Uh, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. I usually just... If I if I don't watch the game, I'll I'll see the highlights at least, or read who scored the the goals in the in the paper, or try to get some idea if anything unusual happened, and just talk about that. I I don't think about it at all until about 
maybe 20 minutes before the show starts, try to think of something stupid. It's more or less just the ramblings of a madman who's trying to make people think he might know something about hockey when I really don't know much. But there, I, I wish they were more planning to it, and they would be better. And for some reason, the other guys don't like the idea of me writing them down. Like it's, it would be cheating if I were to write them down and read them off a script. If I could, if they would let me get away with that, I would do it more and probably do it a lot better because then I wouldn't risk forgetting what I was going to say. And then, then the whole thing comes off stupid. That's after the time or two, but uh, they don't apparently want me to write it down. They would just like me to, to just kind of get in the zone and, and start talking. And so that's kind of what it, what it is. Well, you know, uh, it's radio. I, the, the audience would have no idea if you've written it down or not. No, I know. I know. And I'd rather write it down. Because then I could do it. I could do it maybe longer and do it better, and not again, not run the risk of forgetting what I was going to say and get trapped right in the middle of it and not have anywhere to go. But for their but amusement, I, I, for their amusement, you need to uh, to do it from memories to impress Cat. Apparently and, so. And <laughs> apparently so, because they they seem to think that it would be cheating if I were to write anything down. It has to just be kind of uh, free flowing, and so that's probably why they're not better. And that's why sometimes I kind of forget where I was going. Well, I think uh, I, part of the reason I'm doing this is because there's been a lot of fans on the fan page. And even there's a sponsor, uh, Matthew Ehrenreich, who stepped up and says he wants to sponsor the Hockeyisms episode. I, there's a lot of people that have been waiting for it. We want to give the Blues fans something to, uh, something to cheer for, something to listen to. So I'm, I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. So I was talking with uh, your son the other night at Hot Shots, and he told me to ask you about you did some sort of remote for Channel 4 in the mid-'90s involving the Floby. Uh, do you remember that? Oh, it wasn't a remote. It was just a story. Just it was a, a story. story. Yeah, that that's what I meant. Yeah. I meant uh, like a, a remote shot. It was, it was shot at a different site, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was shot at our house right. when my kids were little. I don't know if you know what a floby is. It's that I'm well aware, vacuum yeah. cleaner. Yeah, that just kind of sucks the hair up so you can cut it. So I just tried that on my kids when they were, geez, he must have been about five or four or five. And my other son, Nick, was about two, maybe. So I tried cutting their hair and it didn't, uh, you know, it, they were scarred for life from it. It, turned, it worked better on the dog. It works a lot better on a dog than it is on a human. But uh, for some reason, he always got a kick out of that. I guess it was the first time he and his brother had been on TV. So that that was the big thing for them. And the, somehow the, the story won an Emmy Award, which just kind of lessens all Emmy Awards for everybody else who's ever won one. But it did just a stupid, goofy little story about trying to cut kids' hair with a Floby, and he here he is 20 years later, he's still talking about it. Well, he seemed to imply that they were kind of not really behaving and it weren't really cooperating for the segment, and uh, it was kind no, of No, they never really behaved. That, that's just kind of a given. Anything else you want to get off your chest while you're, you're on the air here? <laughs> I, I, I can't think of anything right at the moment, but if I do, I'll call you, you back and start yelling at you. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan. 1057 HD2 FM and InsideSTL.com. Swope here, reminding you that all episodes of Swope's Picks are available for download at InsideSTL.com. You can also find Swope's Picks on iTunes in the comedy section under S for Swope. He's got a job somewhere, doesn't he? He has a family. 
So does he have a job? I believe so. To answer Doug's question, I'm an IT consultant who has spent the last 12 years solving problems and providing solutions for people who needed help. I got my own set of problems. When you're at a technology roadblock, maybe your computer has crashed, or your printer stopped working, or your Wi-Fi sucks in general. I don't have Wi-Fi because my cable is out. Who do you call? The repairman's coming today. If this phone rings at any time during the show, I am answering it. And what if they can't help? They are not coming, and I won't have Wi-Fi for another three days. Then who do you call? Could not be nicer, has tried everything she could possibly try to make this work, but runs into roadblocks when she makes the call to somewhere. HQF is your lifeline. Highest quality fidelity. We solve problems that you don't have the time or patience to deal with. I mean, this has been the single, one of the single biggest hassles. So much of this job boils down to trust. You had to do it at the time. Well, why didn't, at the time, you told me I didn't have to do it. Unless you are dealing with technology every day, you're going to have to take someone at their word. Yeah, but uh, I guess whoever told you that was wrong, and now you do have to do it. I've spent over a decade establishing trust with my clients. Well, I still haven't got this all resolved. Producing results, solving problems, and that's what keeps them coming back. I guess the overriding point is that uh, he's a smart guy. Swap's one of the best in the business for my money. I pride myself on being able to articulate complexities into simple, concise explanations that even a non-technical person can understand. Oh, I think you need all that base. Email swope at hqfstl.com. Matt Ehrenreich. Matt Ehrenreich. Matt Ehrenreich. Matt Ehrenreich. If your saving for retirement approach involves the phrase, I'll get around to it someday. That's how my life has fallen apart. How you doing? Edward Jones can help. Call Edward Jones to invest. Call Edward Jones to invest. When it comes to meeting your goals, where my C-note? Time can be on your side. Invest the money in aggressive stocks over the course of the baseball season. And there's no better time than now to get started on your retirement goals. Why don't you tell me that? Yeah, you got $100. It's in your email. Check your email. Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Matthew Ehrenreich, can help. Matt Ehrenreich. Matt Ehrenreich. Matthew Ehrenreich from Edward Jones. But I know he was well over a million at that point. Stop by the office, located in Watson Plaza, across from Crestwood Bowl. And Ehrenreich is okay with that? Or call 314-965-0374. Now the people who are meant to get paid are going to get paid. No, don't say meant to get paid. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. Money, money, money. Once again, I'd like to thank Doug Vaughn for agreeing to appear on this presentation. Special thanks to our sponsor, Matthew Ehrenreich and Edward Jones. Support the sponsors that support Swope. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Get on with it, motherfucker. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Thank you for listening to Swope's Picks. Enjoy the mashup. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. You said I was the creepiest guy on the show. Who's creepier? What do you mean I'm creepy? Like, how? Like, creepy like what? Why did you say she sent a picture of her breasts? I don't even know her last name. She was white. This was some raw bone Hoosier boys down that way. Doug and I will share a room. It'll be be fine. Why don't we just leave the pajamas at home? This is going to be great. The Waltons were twinks? I don't think there was a lot of inbreeding. No. But didn't they live in West Virginia? You just wonder how you wouldn't catch something. Grandpa Lucy has genital herpes. I don't think herpes had anything to do with it. Grandpa Lucy. Who is that? I am gay. Is that all right with you? Do you ask all your random hookups their ethnicity? Then I won't have to talk to you. I can just slip in and slip out. <laughs> it was a drunken hookup, and it really freaked me out. You had a girl with hairy nipples? I liked it. Trannies? She was so hot, I had to poke my dong in there. Doug, that is now very hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dirty girl. 
That's your twisted alternative lifestyle, not mine. Tell her I just live by me. Really? Bring him with you. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. What did you think you were going to be doing? Digital play. You've been enslaved in some sort of sex ring. <laughs> Would you be on I the internet know. for $1,200? Probably so. Oops, I'm in the porn industry. But that's a pretty big step just to be goofing around on Facebook and the next thing you know, you're in the porn industry. I know. <laughs> so it sounds like a good idea. It sounds yeah. like you say, okay, let's go. How, how do you get the friends together exactly? What's the recruitment process like? We rented an RV. This is going to be great. Grab the buttocks. Well, that wasn't the buttocks. That was a frontal area. Fat upper penile area. Stick it in me bum. Blue, blue. Use proper protection, Doug. If you don't want to do this and you don't have to do this. Oh, Will Gear, did you know he was a bottom? I haven't seen that much sex in an RV in a very long time. I did my, my years with Playgirl, but I'm done now.